Oh, well, shit. What, what do we have tonight? What is there to talk about? I still think this this article about the fucking... Was it townhall.com? Um, oh, the Omaha SNL yeah, if, thing or if, whatever? Yeah, if conservatives need... What's it? It's... If conservatives want to win the culture war, we need our own Saturday Night Live. I think that's hilarious. I think we should lead <laughs> off with that. Oh, totally. Oh, that's because just sad. that's where I get all my politics from. <laughs> yeah, I, I look, we should we should save it for the actual segment. But yeah, it's hilarious to me that conservatives think that everybody actually cares about Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty lame. Um, I mean, I guess I remember back in like, back in like the Clinton and Bush days, you know, the, the comedy was, was good because they could take it up a level, you know, and have Bill Clinton, like literally like running with, uh, like holding two hamburgers at once or whatever, um, as a joke. (laughs) But nowadays it's like, you just get, you can't. You can't. It's already ridiculous. It's already ridiculous to the max. I mean, right now Trump is you know openly you know feuding with the porn star, and then you know people are like, "You were in the porns. Look at these porns you were in, or right, whatever." Right. Where it's like <laughs> Donald Trump's top ten Playboy Playmate countdown or whatever, um, and he's like, "People in porns are not credible." Oh yeah, and there's I mean. There are all these old statements of his about how he, you know, intentionally, you know, produced the the Miss Universe pageant to have, like, smaller bikinis and higher heels and all the shit about, um, you know, walking in on the Miss Universe contestants. Um, Yeah, I mean, honestly, the funniest part about all that to me is how the Krasenstein brothers are... Is is that what they're called? Yeah, that, like, Brian and Ed Krasenstein, those fucking... Lib still with her grifters, uh huh. Who were who were both on Twitter going like, you know, what does evangelical America think about this? It's like, dude, it's been almost two years. You know exactly what the fuck they think about this. They don't think anything about it at all. Do they? I mean, I don't even understand. Uh, it, the whole thing is just is just baffling to me. That like, are there aren't there people out there who were like, I'm I'm a Republican because of my conservative like Christian faithfulness, like did this people, was it a myth the whole time? Like, I just don't get it. Where did well, they go? I don't, no, I don't, I don't think it was a myth. It was just people way overestimated the breadth of issues that that evangelical voting block actually cared about, which seems to come down to literally just who's going to put anti-abortion justices on the Supreme court. Beyond that, they could not give a shit. Also, they don't like Muslims, I guess. Yeah, no, I guess that's a good point. Um, I forgot how easy it was to to pay off some some people who claim to be religious. But I, again, it's it's just like it seemed to me like there would be some sincere people out there, but I guess they're just a tiny, tiny minority. Well, I mean, I guess I think the best we can hope for would be to uh, for those people to be less enthusiastic to show up to elections except i don't think that'll be happening yeah well i mean and and but maybe right because a lot of those people also are like boomers or aging gen xers and they literally have nothing else to do except watch fox news and show up at the polls it's why they're so (laughs) 
reliable yeah. about voting. That's true. I mean, that that's why I think, you know, Trump's kind of banking on this this plan and of that, you know, his message is like, everyone's out to get me. So, you know, <laughs> right. in order for America to win, like, you got to come out and support me. Like, even though I'm not doing that great, you know, I'm doing doing the best I can out here yeah, or whatever. We've, we've definitely, definitely never heard anything about they're all coming to get me from the evangelical voting block. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, all well, right, shit. Let's, let's start the show. Let's start okay. the show. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. I had a thing. Oh, yeah, okay. You're walking through a shady glen. You come to an opening in the trees, and there's a wishing well in the middle. You look down, and under the clear-as-diamond water, you see it. Liquid flannel. What do you do? <laughs> uh, go go north, go south, can go I, east, go west, go Dennis. I'm going to inspect the, the liquid flannel. <laughs> can you describe it to me? <laughs> Everything looks normal. Hi, from... Arlington, Texas. I'm Matthew Hodges, and from Omaha, Nebraska, it's my friend and co-host Brendan Williams. Brendan, it's me. You, Hello. What What do you have in your inventory? Well, um, we got uh, we got that Zach Walls. That was pretty cool. I forgot about that guy. Zach Walls. Yeah, but now he's now he's winning uh, Iowa legislature seats. Oh. So on this show, we talk a lot about Boy Scouts occasionally talk about gay rights and we also talk about midwestern politics yeah and it's time to bring it all together with zach walls all right you you may remember him from such famous viral videos as eagle scout raised by a lesbian couple speaks at the iowa legislature in support of gay marriage okay i remember this guy now so he won a what he won his his primary for the is he running for state house or is he running for Congress? It's like state legislature in Iowa okay. or whatever. Um, yeah, cool. But I think he's still like in his like late twenties or early yeah, 30s he's a young or something dude. like that. He's super uh-huh. young. When he testified at uh, when they were doing the gay marriage thing, God, that was must have been like ten years ago now or something like that. So he was right. probably like eighteen or something at the time. Uh, still in college and stuff i think uh he was he went to university of iowa so yeah and i remember at the time thinking like oh wow you know maybe maybe the future of politics is is a-okay you know you got that <laughs> guy out there and uh he's he stuck with it man he, he followed through yeah that's awesome yeah we should uh we should play a little clip of that that viral speech here real quick uh, good evening, Mr. Chairman. My name is Zach Walls. I'm a sixth-generation Iowan and an engineering student at the University of Iowa, and I was raised by two women. Uh, my biological mom, Terry, told her grandparents that she was pregnant, that the artificial insemination had worked, and they wouldn't even acknowledge it. It actually wasn't until I was born and they succumbed to my infantile cuteness that they broke down and told her that they were thrilled to have another grandson. Unfortunately, neither of them lived to see her marry her partner, Jackie, of 15 years when they wed in 2009. My younger sister and only sibling was born in 1994. We actually have the same anonymous donor, so we're full siblings, which is really cool for me. Um, you know, and I guess the point is that our family really isn't so different from any other Iowa family. You know, when I'm home, we go to church together, we eat dinner, we go on vacations. Uh, but, you know, we have our hard times too, we get in fights. Um, 
You know, actually, my mom Perry was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2000. It is a devastating disease that put her in a wheelchair, so we've had our struggles. But, you know, we're Iowans. We don't expect anyone to solve our problems for us. We'll fight our own battles. We just hope for equal and fair treatment from our government. Being a student at the University of Iowa, the topic of same-sex marriage comes up quite frequently in classroom discussions. You know, and the question always comes down to, well, can gays even raise kids? And the question, you know, the conversation gets quiet for a moment, because most people don't really have an answer. And then I raise my hand and say, actually, I was raised by a gay couple, and I'm doing pretty well. I scored in the 99th percentile on the ACT. I'm actually an Eagle Scout. I own and operate my own small business. If I was your son, Mr. Chairman, I believe I'd make you very proud. I'm not really so different from any of your children. My family really isn't so different from yours. After all, your family doesn't derive its sense of worth from being told by the state, you're married, congratulations. No, the sense of family comes from the commitment we make to each other, to work through the hard times so we can enjoy the good ones. It comes from the love that binds us. That's what makes a family. So what you're voting here isn't to change us. It's not to change our families, it's to change how the law views us, how the law treats us. You are voting for the first time in the history of our state to codify discrimination into our Constitution. A Constitution that but for the proposed amendment is the least amended Constitution in the United States of America. You are telling Iowans that some among you are second-class citizens who do not have the right to marry the person you love. So will this vote affect my family? Would it affect yours? Over the next two hours, I'm sure we're going to hear plenty of testimony about how damaging having gay parents is on kids. But in my 19 years, not once have I ever been confronted by an individual who realized independently that I was raised by a gay couple. And you know why? Because the sexual orientation of my parents has had zero effect on the content of my character. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah, so Zach Walls is 26 years old and got the Democratic nomination for Iowa Senate District 37. Maybe one of our Iowa listeners can chime in. There's 37 post. districts. How many are there in, in Nebraska? I don't even know. I guess there is probably a lot. There's one for each county or whatever? I don't know. Crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they, they break out the, the state legislature into really tiny pieces, which is good. That's uh, That's more Democratic, I think. Man, there's well, so much... actually, is it is it more democratic given yeah. that some of those districts probably only have 15 people living in them? Who knows? <laughs> it seems like it. Yeah, your district is is mainly like it's like five farms. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. That's those you those five guys. <laughs> one one vote for each landowner and three fifths <laughs> of a vote for every pig or cow. Right. And the, the workers, the out of state workers, don't get to vote. Of course. Of course. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> But feudalism, I mean, it worked for a long time. I mean, it was... <laughs> Don't knock it. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, yeah, good for good for Zach Walls. He'll be running against Carl Crambeck, a libertarian candidate who ran unopposed. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's a shame. His He must be like in a super liberal Iowa district or something. Uh, yeah, no, it, it looks <laughs> like it. Um, yeah, he got about... So Walls got... About 60% of the vote uh, in that primary. And yeah, it looks like the, the district's been held by Democrats for a long time. So probably he'll be... Uh, oh, God, what what is auto-playing on my computer? Don't do that. 
<laughs> it's the news, Matt. Isn't that how you like to consume your news? <laughs> I hate consuming my news that way. No. No, it's not. Except for last week when I wanted to talk about that ridiculous water <laughs> cannon proposal and then Fox News pulled the video, probably because it was such an idiotic idea. And they seem to be literally the only pers- people on Earth who had actually spoken with this crazy person. <laughs> right. Who was like, I've solved all the school violence problems by, you know, firing water bottles at extremely high velocities. Enough yeah, right. to, like, shatter brick walls. Yeah, it, no, and uh, the, the gal who does this, so the, the segment is called Fox Firepower. And it's literally just this, uh, she's, she's like a pro gun nut. She's been on a whole bunch of different outlets. I was on her website for a little while trying to see if she had posted this video. Uh, but she's, she's talking about how, I don't, oh my God, talking about how like this thing's actually safer because we can blow holes in cinder block walls. Um, <laughs> To, to save to the get, kids. To save the children. <laughs> and what I really like about it is that it's safe for the children, but then did not explain how that could be in any way, shape, or form <laughs> safe for the children who are cowering on the other side of that wall. Yeah, was part of the water bottle cannon, like, that it had some sort of, like, magic, like, high-tech like scanner built into it where it could scan for children oh no 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 no! <laughs> it didn't one of seem its, like it one of its big selling points was that it's incredibly simple to construct because it's literally just a giant uh like tube on a tripod that you hook up a, a pneumatic you know like a, a, an air compressor to She's and like... jam your full uh like Culligan <laughs> water cooler tank down into it and it just explodes yeah. out you know? <laughs> she's like so here's how it works so you just you spray the aquanet in the back That's, and then you dude, just get a grill lighter i genuinely have built more complex potato guns than this fucking thing <laughs> yeah i can't so, believe that uh, it didn't save the kids yet i mean <laughs> if only people would listen well, I think there's a great market for it since uh, the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, keeps doubling down on talking about why, you know, the real problem with school shootings is that schools have too many doors. Oh, he didn't, like, say, like, I'm a, I am apologize for saying that clearly idiotic thing that I oh, just no, said no, at no, the no, spur no, no. of the moment and no. in a moment of, of senseless tragedy. He has, he has <laughs> either completely convinced himself or he's on somebody's <laughs> payroll because that is his main talking point in the wake of the Santa Fe shooting is that, yeah, schools just have too many doors. There are too many ways for the school shooter to get oh, in. God, I was going to say, like, maybe the, like, door lobbyists paid him off, but, like, he, <laughs> maybe it was, like, who's against the door lobbyists because they're going to really be suffering in this one. Yeah. I mean, it's it's probably harder to install a door than it is to just build a wall. So maybe it's, like, the Masons Guild or something. <laughs> oh, the the Masons. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. oh, man, we're going to crack this shit wide open. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's the Illuminati again. I can't believe it. Well, talking about talking about conspiracies and, you know, globalists and such in parentheses, usually uh, I wanted to lead off tonight with this great op ed in town hall, townhall dot com titled if conservatives want to win the culture war, we need our own Saturday Night Live. Uh, and he starts off strong here. Andrew Breitbart once said, yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be that, So, I mean, from a conservative perspective, do they think 
that Saturday Night Live is 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 a result of winning the culture war or it's are they they're the front lines in the culture war is saturday night live well yeah i mean apparently they do because one of these graphs starts off with saturday night live used to be a comedy show now it's a political operation intended to help democrats win elections and to assist the left in the culture war now setting aside Uh, (laughs) that the democrats and the left are not at all the same thing but um I mean, he does point out, rightfully so, that Saturday Night Live was really cheesy and maudlin uh, up to and just after the election. Um, but that's just a problem with Saturday Night Live, not a problem with, like, left, uh, like, comedy media. Right. Well, and it's kind of funny because back in the back in the old days, <laughs> uh, no, you know, back in uh, 20, 10, 20 years ago, the political stuff was some of the like better stuff, the stuff that was like topical. And then the stuff that was like all these weird, like recurring characters and stuff were, I didn't, I didn't like that stuff as much, but now it's like totally flipped. The political stuff is just dreadful because you're trying to watch something to like escape from the like horrific, you know, comedy slash tragedy. Oh God. Yeah. News. And the, the, the non-political skits, there's actually been some really good ones lately. Anytime Kate McKinnon plays that like weird redneck woman who keeps getting abducted by aliens and stuff, <laughs> uh, th- I mean, that's that's about the only stuff that I want to see on SNL anymore. Not the, certainly not any of the stuff with like Alec Baldwin playing Trump, which is honestly, God, one of the worst impressions of Donald Trump I've ever heard. He just kinda, <laughs> so bad. He just kind of purses his mouth and... He doesn't sound anything right. like him. He just kind of looks like him. Well, kinda. and the, the best part is that they literally took Daryl Hammond, who is like one of the longest running uh, SNL cast members who left the show and then got like super addicted to drugs. And he was like, I'm going to get myself clean and then came back and played Trump one time in like the season finale. Right. And then in between the seasons, they were like, never mind, Daryl Hammond. We're going with Alec Baldwin or whatever, even though his impression is terrible. Like, good luck with the sobriety thing, though. Darryl. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I heard a story about that, that uh, somebody saw Daryl Hammond like crying on a park bench because that, you know, losing that role was such a big blow to him, which... Honestly, what what did we gain? Like you made Daryl Hammond cry, and now everybody's sick of your. Yeah, like uh, maybe maybe Daryl Hammond could could pull it off. I mean, he he's got the experience, and his impression is much more close to how Trump actually is. Which yeah, uh, Alec Baldwin's just terrible, terrible. Right. Yeah. So all right. So this uh, who's this author? This is by Mike Lachance. Could be La Chance. That sounds I, like a like a I pen kinda, name right I there. Kinda, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so he says, uh, "I don't have the contacts to pick the to pitch this officially to anyone at Fox News or Fox Entertainment, but I hope they're reading this because I'm not kidding. Conservative Americans need and deserve a Saturday Night Live of their own. Here's how to do it in a few simple steps. First, don't try to hide what you're doing." Bill the show as the red state alternative to Saturday Night Live and broadcast it on the same night at the same time. Be a direct competitor and follow SNL's format with a regular cast, a celebrity host, and a <laughs> musical they... guest in front of a live studio audience. Like, I don't know what channel he wants this to broadcast yeah. on, for one thing. Does he well, want that to go on Fox News? 
Apparently, or just on Fox, on regular Fox, which I don't know what they air opposite SNL. But the thing about SNL is that this time, that time slot is atrocious. Like he's like, he's like, you got to air it at the same time to get people. And it's like, nobody's watching television (laughs) like that on a Saturday night. (laughs) Right. No, that's totally true. Even people who watch SNL are, you know, DVRing it or whatever. Yeah, they're they're literally watching like the three good clips on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah. (laughs) And being like, oh, that was a good three clips or whatever. Like, I'm glad I didn't watch that whole three hour show where they do a commercial every like two minutes. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so second, set it in America's heartland. Omaha, Nebraska would be ideal. And give it a similar name and branding to SNL. Something along the lines of, live from Omaha, it's another Saturday night, would work. If lawyers oh say that's too close to SNL, get creative, but make sure viewers know exactly what the show is right. intended to be. Yeah, that's a, that's a trademark violation, brother. I like how he thinks that, that SNL is in New York because of politics he's like <laughs> right. they're like what's a good liberal city to, to put our <laughs> comedy show in or whatever like that's that must be the only reason that they that they broadcast it there i mean <laughs> surely there's the talent pool you know in omaha does he actually want this to be in omaha or do you want him to just pretend that it's in omaha but actually it'll be like out of like la <laughs> i mean they they absolutely could just find some studio like in in jersey city or something uh and then you know, show pictures of the Woodman Tower, I guess, and like the first National Bank building in, be, in black and white. Uh, um, it'll be like uh, there's this there's this awesome show uh, on ABC Family called Switched at Birth about okay. these this uh, this family that they were switched at birth, haha. Uh, and one of them's deaf, but it's inexplicably set in Kansas City, but so 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 clearly just filmed in L.A. Right. There's like palm trees and stuff out, yeah, and they're yeah. like. <laughs> they're like they're like let's go to the hispanic part of town or whatever and you're like this is literally like just south central or whatever like <laughs> right shit, there's yeah. taco trucks and stuff like it's it, like... any episode of the office where it's supposed to be winter in pennsylvania and they're all outside in their coats and you can see that they're obviously sweating their balls <laughs> off <laughs> but yeah I, I guess it'll be like sinclair broadcasting where they say it's like it's local omaha news or whatever but really right. it's like in atlanta georgia or something <laughs> um yeah so well and also you pointed out that omaha nebraska doesn't need its own sketch comedy program because it already has its own sketch right. saturday night sketch comedy program that comes on directly after uh saturday night live on wowt <laughs> which is yeah it literally follows saturday night live and i have accidentally watched it a couple times and it, it, you know i'm glad it exists like i don't want to dunk on these guys or whatever but like i kind of do man i i watched this is uh, the sh- this is the show like this is the funniest thing about it is that this guy didn't even google it before he posted this like right. screen or whatever it was like oh this actually already exists and it's actually probably not a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about how that show is bad, but I pulled up Omaha Live, like, the the season six. Apparently, they've had six seasons. They're all celebrating that on Twitter with Damn, their, like, I literally mean, 48 followers or something. That is props, dude, props. I mean, <laughs> look, we've dabbled in our time in, in making some, some comedy sketches. Right for video it's not easy i i I don't i don't envy their task yeah and they are making it for you know an odd i mean 
they're they're not making it for the super liberal audience, you know. Sure. They are trying to be like we're a more family friendly, you know, we're a more conservative leading, you know, comedy. Thing. Like it just it doesn't work. It doesn't work, guys. Right, right. Well, and and that kind of leads into his his third of of three easy steps. Um, third, take advantage of all the comedic opportunities SNL passes over on a weekly basis for purely partisan reasons. Hammer Democratic leaders like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Yeah, because that shit doesn't happen all the time in Uh. all sorts of comedy media. I mean, The Daily Show never lets up on them, and The Daily Show also sucks. Well, and uh, it's not like they haven't tried to do this before. Like, the half-hour news hour... Um, the red eye, you right. know, there, there's tons of examples of Fox news and, you know, other people trying to be like, it's, we're conservative version of the daily show or whatever. It, do, it doesn't, it doesn't work because that's what the news already is. Right. That's right. I mean, the, the thing about conservative comedy, it, it doesn't work not because people who are liberals or people on the left aren't sometimes funny or laugh worthy but because conservative conservatism generally tends to be punching down and it's not a ton of fun it's not terribly funny to punch down you're not going to attract a broad base of support a broad audience for that kind of thing uh whereas more left-leaning comedy at at its best does tend to try to punch up at the power structures. I mean, seriously, I mean, people have been making these jokes about like Mike Huckabee or Dennis Miller or some of these other people who fancy themselves very funny. Dude, Mike Huckabee is funny as hell. <laughs> okay, but he's like, he's not funny the way that he's intending to be funny. <laughs> that, is, that is probably true. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't write a character as absurd as Mike Huckabee and have anybody have any SNL viewer think that it was actually funny. He has a gift. He's like the Tim and Eric of conservative comedy (laughs) unintentionally. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, literally all the stuff that he suggests here is, you know, parody CNN and MSNBC in the same way that SNL delights in making fun of Fox news. Again, not terribly funny because CNN and MSNBC are at least trying to be sincere, whereas Fox News is so transparently mockable in the way that they ignore things, the way they twist facts in order to to suit basically the president's agenda. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of grist there for a, for a comedy show. But OK, so but he's he's got some ideas. He's got some ideas for how you can spice up this lineup a little bit. So he says, Saturday Night Live typically does 21 episodes per season. Here are suggestions for hosts of the first five episodes and its new competitor, live from Omaha, James Woods. (laughs) Topical. Ann Coulter. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, because Ann Coulter is is renowned as a comedic genius. Isn't there a video of Ann Coulter doing... Stand up or no? It's Kelly. It's Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne Conway, Kellyanne Conway. Who's she would be a better host. Was not actually that bad. I mean, I'll say it. Her her comedy was. It was about kind of inside the Beltway bullshit and how hard it is to get a date when you're working in politics. I mean, it was not bad. It was good open mic stuff, I guess. Um, so yeah, it says, was a good uh, West Wing audition reel for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Greg Gutfeld. Do you know who that is? He's one of the Fox uh, guys. Oh, okay. So really just having 
Fox News pundits on to do comedy. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know if this is a good idea. Can you see freaking Ann Coulter being in an SNL style sketch comedy? I, I really can't. I really can't. That actually is a wedding idea because that sounds hilarious. Uh, Sarah Palin, um, Adam Baldwin, who literally the, <laughs> the only thing that he's ever done is Firefly and... <laughs> Well, oh, I'm sorry, I was thinking of Stephen Baldwin. I'm sorry, Adam Baldwin's not as funny. Stephen, <laughs> Stephen Baldwin, Baldwin, yeah, Stephen Baldwin is also a conservative loon, and yeah, uh, for our for our listeners, Adam Baldwin was the guy from Firefly, the guy with the guns. Yeah, he is not uh, related to the Baldwin family, but uh, although, well, he he, but he is a super conservative, crazy person on the Twitters. Yeah, yeah, for definitely. Sure's. Well, and and the rest of these are just, I mean, so obvious. Future potential hosts could include Rush Limbaugh, Adam Carolla, <laughs> Ben Did Shapiro. Did that guy even stand up? The yeah, the the famously hilarious Ben Shapiro, uh, so Joe Rogan. I don't know if Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan would totally do that because he's kind of a grifter. Um, John Voight, because <laughs> he's relevant. John uh, Voight. Oh God. Uh, Why Dennis Miller. You- Dennis Miller would totally do it. Uh, Larry uh, the Dennis Cable Miller Guy was probably starting this show right now or whatever. Um, yeah, what's I, he do now? Does he have a radio show or something? I mean, he probably does. He probably has a <laughs> podcast and a, a radio show or something. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy, which I think is hilarious that they just named the character and not the guy who actually plays Larry the Cable Guy, whose I name mean, is you would, not you Larry. You would be getting Larry the Cable Guy, but right. also like Larry the Cable Guy is a character mocking conservatism as an outrageous caricature right of it but they've gone like full stephen colbert or whatever and they're like no what he's really doing because <laughs> he's mocking that that's what liberals th- i don't i don't i don't even know what the four-dimensional chess uh escape route is or i don't whatever, think there's anything it, no i don't guy. i don't think that's right i don't think larry the cable guy was supposed to be some kind of parody of conservatives i think he's literally just playing into all of their own worst ideas about how they identify. And that's why conservatives love him so much. It's like, you know, he's just like a real dude who says it like it is and makes a bunch of fart jokes. <laughs> like like I do all the time. Um, Tucker Carlson made this list. Tucker Carlson, also famously hilarious. Uh, how about how about some how about some musical guests? Again, here are your first five episodes. Kanye West. <laughs> I mean, they have completely adapted Yeezy at this point, which is great. Oh, my God. Uh, Trace Adkins, Sammy Hagar, Charlie Daniels, Kid Rock. Charlie Daniels. Yeah, Ch- Charlie Daniels, who's just getting in fights on oh. Twitter with Taco Bell because they're they're making fun of the Illuminati conspiracy theorists. How about John Popper? Yeah, John Popper would be a good one. I can't believe... <laughs> uh, Traveler. I can't believe fucking... Uh, Ted Nugent didn't make this list. I mean, he oh, didn't had. You say, didn't you say the Nuge on there? No, no, Nugent wasn't on this list for some reason. Uh, which is, I don't know. It, it's always been amazing to me that conservatives like Ted Nugent at all, being a a guy who admitted that he just took a shitload of drugs and shit himself for a week in order to get out of fighting in Vietnam, and then like his main uh, hit <laughs> I mean, ever was about having sex with underage girls. <laughs> When you're uh, when you're that desperate for just anybody, to, you know, to be conservative, you gotta you gotta reach pretty far, you know. Uh, <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Somehow the 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 arts and the performing arts are just not attractive to conservatism <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. Oh what my it god, is. these sketch ideas are amazing, though. Okay, so here is his ideas for sketches. Um, very deep thoughts from Joe Biden. What is this? This is like reading like fake Joe Biden memes and like Maybe. onion headlines. I don't <laughs> like, know, like what? doing a doing a Jack Handy thing with Joe but Biden, like, but like Joe Biden this is, isn't in office anymore. But this is their go to is like they're like we're really gonna like hit these libs where it hurts or whatever like. Maybe Joe Biden's not as smart as he thinks he is or whatever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's like, what? I mean, I think... What a revelation. I think, I think some of this stuff would end up attracting uh, an ironic following <laughs> on the actual left. Okay, because, like, uh, let's see. A sketch featuring Sarah Palin playing Tina Fey upset about Hillary losing. Like, SNL already had that sketch, and it was literally just Tina Fey eating cake, and everybody fucking hated it because it wasn't funny. Right. Do you think that you're going to do a better, like, Tina Fey being <laughs> sad about Hillary Clinton losing than actual Tina Fey? Like, she she already did it. <laughs> um, lifestyles of the rich and Democrat, which actually is, that's that's a pretty good little bit. Except that's not a thing that actually is very funny. It's just well, frustrating. And also, like, Trump is the president. You can't be like, here's our message. Like, rich liberals are out of touch with America. Like, look at our golden clad, you <laughs> right. know, God or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Uh, oh, man. After the break, we're going to have to come back and talk about uh, our our Oklahoma boy, Scott Pruitt, for a little while. Uh, let's see what else we got. Just, just to wrap these up. Uh, the Social Justice Warriors, a group of college undergrads who are trying to advance radical social change but can't get anywhere because they're constantly at war with, at war with each other over pronouns. Um, again, <laughs> just complete, complete fiction fantasy about what people who care about social justice actually tend to right. care about. I mean, it's like, really easy to use people's pronouns. Everybody who actually cares about social justice knows that. Well, and it's so... the only people who get fucking mad about pronouns are people <laughs> like Jordan Peterson, who like yeah. ended up getting in trouble at University of Toronto because he felt like his free speech was being, uh, you know, that the like the Gestapo were going to come for him because he didn't want to change his pronouns for trans students. Right. Well, and it's funny, too, because it's like that just makes me think like this guy is so out of touch with comedy. Like if he thinks that conservatives can make fun of like crazy liberals like this dude has clearly never watched like an episode of portlandia or anything like, oh yeah absolutely you're being outclassed by liberals making fun of themselves yep. dude absolutely um yeah i mean and and that's that's all of these you know bernie sanders hosts a radio show where he can't explain the historical failures of socialism to a single caller like he's actually <laughs> talked about that at length <laughs> Um, meanwhile you got you got trump being like well the trade war with canada is justified because of the war of 1812 <laughs> right right <laughs> a true student of, yeah. of history oh uh, here this should go well for them there should also be sketches which make fun of liberal comedy heroes like john stewart stephen colbert samantha b and trevor noah maybe this could take the place of snl's weekend update make these hypocrites the butt of the joke for once and see how they like yeah. it um I don't see that going well for them. <laughs> Why don't they just play 
like a best of clips of Hannity where <laughs> he's just like, attention, everyone, you know, smash your phones now. Yeah. You're not going to get comedy better than that, folks. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. The show doesn't even have to be pro-Trump or pro-Republican. All it has to do is not be anti-Trump or anti-Republican. Ah. Yep, yep, yep. Imagine the horror of media and Hollywood elitists the first time live from Omaha outpaces live from New York in the ratings. <laughs> it's going to happen, man. Well, That's I mean, the, it's the future. It's the future it, of media. If it does, it's only because conservatives are still watching traditional broadcast television and everybody else has moved on. Well, all right. Thank you. What was that? John LaChance? Mike LaChance. John LaChance is a guy, too, isn't he? Anyway, Mike LaChance, um, I, I hope, I, I actually genuinely hope that, like, the Mercer family dumps $100 million into this. <laughs> And, you know, have to have to sell some of their houses or something in order to have this thing be just an absolute flop. Oh, yeah. Rupert Murdoch's always looking for those new pitches, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> this could happen. This could happen. You could get the call any day. <laughs> get Kanye on the phone. Book him. <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll look forward to that first episode. Meanwhile, I think we're going to take a little break here. We'll come back and talk about Scott Pruitt. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to your Nebraska news. I'm Matt Tompkins. And I'm Cameron Logston. And uh, here we go. At the Berkshire Hathaway weekend of rich people, restaurant Block 16 served cheeseburgers with actual gold on them. Said the homeless people downtown, you gonna finish that? <laughs> Typical Nebraskans confusing invest with ingest. Mm, just like us. The Huskers and the Hawkeyes plan to revive their Black Friday game by 2022. The Huskers plan to revive their football program sometime after that. Well, the governor signed a bill removing license restrictions from animal massages, which is great news for my side business, Shiatsu from Chitsus. It's where tiny dogs rub you down with their tiny paws. I'll give you a gift card after the news, Cameron. You can come by and redeem it anytime. Thanks, I won't throw it away. Well, at the mall Sunday, an Omaha woman noticed a giant hole cut in a man's pants exposing himself. Said the woman to police, I came to the mall to go to Yonkers. I didn't expect to see JC's pennies. <laughs> get it? I get it. Speaking of conservative comedy, have you seen Scott Pruitt lately? <laughs> Man, this dude is on a roll. The guy's all over the place. You, you kind of can't miss him. So his, uh, his past couple of days is that, what did he, he sent staffers all over town to various Ritz-Carlton hotels looking for some, like, hand moisturizer that he really so liked. So, apparently, Scott Pruitt... Oh, driving him around, yeah. apparently. So, <laughs> Scott Pruitt, even though when he's spending the government's money, he is ridiculously ostentatious. He's, like, oh, yeah. chartering private planes for him to, like, gallivant in France and, like, all kinds of ridiculous stuff like that. Installing like soundproofing inside of right. his office. He we, we talked about it a couple of months ago that he installed some like 
$30,000 security door outside of his office or something. Buying bejewel-encrusted pens. You know, he spent like $4,000 to buy like two <laughs> pens to like sign right. his fancy documents with or whatever. <laughs> to sign his fancy documents that basically amount to, we're cutting yeah. your funding. <laughs> Actually, coal dust in streams is good. <laughs> Signed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but when he's spending Scott Pruitt's money, he's like, yo... Oil lobbyists, give me a sleazy Airbnb for 50 bucks a night right. and a used <laughs> Trump hotel mattress. You know what I love? When I go to the Ritz-Carlton and then I steal all their shampoo and stuff, like, that's the best shampoo. <laughs> like, could you guys go get me some more? Just give me, like, a bucket of tiny stolen from hotels shampoo bottles, please. <laughs> this is my favorite one. He 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 stole free food. From the White House, because the White House has a fancy kitchen in it for, like, foreign dignitaries and their staff so they don't have to right. take, like, a f the president of Japan or whatever when he's visiting today. It doesn't be like, oh, I'm going to, like, pop over to this restaurant. A line of 50 cars is going to mess up traffic in all of D.C. Driving around in his bulletproof SUV because everybody knows that the EPA administrator has always been really high up on that hit <laughs> right. list. Right. To save a buck, he's like, oh, you just if you just show up here, like they'll just give you free food at the White House. He's like, I'll be here every day and just, <laughs> just charge it to the government, please. Yeah, sure. He did this so much that even Trump had to send him a letter that was like, Bro, knock it off. Like, you're, the grifting is too obvious, man. Like, people are starting to notice. Trump's been pretty frustrated with him for a while. Yeah, so his, his security detail costs, like, three and a half million dollars a year, and literally they drove around to multiple locations to, like, pick up his dry cleaning and try to find this fancy hand lotion from the Ritz that he likes to use. What does this mean? So we've got, he's installed soundproofing in his office. He's gotten a mattress from a Trump hotel, and he's gotten this fancy hand lotion. Oh. Uh, now, I have heard just today that Donald Trump can't get porn in the White House, but do we know if Scott Pruitt can get porn in EPA headquarters? Well, in because... the soundproof booth, who knows? <laughs> you know, what happens in the booth stays in the booth, dude. Also, just as a little aside, do we really believe that the president is barred by some, like, IT dude from accessing porn in the White House if he wants it? Did they really have, like, a blacklist on the, the White House oh, internet dude, for the chief executive? I'm 1,000% sure that they do, because otherwise people would just be in the White House, like, all the White House staff would just be on freaking Twitter all day. You gotta block that stuff so oh. they can get some work done. Like, it's just, it's an office no, like point. any other office. Technically, yeah. if he's if Trump is surfing porn at the white house while he's presidenting you shouldn't be doing porn at your job you know <laughs> wait till you get home i admit that if i ever were able to visit uh i would absolutely pound one out just to say <laughs> just i'd done to that say you did it you know it's like a like willie nelson apocryphally smoking a joint like on one of the white house balconies right. or something like that oh but, yeah. but dude but we forgot about the best scott pruitt story he called the head of Chick-fil-A It was like, I need to meet you for a very important government meeting. And then he was like, how can I get my wife to open a Chick-fil-A franchise around here? Like, where the Chick-fil-A at? Oh, what the hell? And they were like, I guess if you want to do that, fill out this, these forms? And then his wife was like, ah, this is too complicated. Never mind. Jesus. Oh. He's using government time to open up a fast food franchise. That's amazing. Right. 
And then when they called him on and they were like, what are you doing? He was like, Chick-fil-A is very conservative. They uh, are a great organization that I that I love. And how dare you besmirch them in my presence? Right, right. I, I'm Scott Pruitt. You know, one, one thing I really like about Good the defense. Pruitt story is just like we saw with Ben Sass coming out against this trade war that we're in because he actually has to represent working people. You know, Scott Pruitt also gets attacked from the right. Joni Ernst uh, from Iowa started talking about how swampy he is, but it didn't have to do with all of this ostentatious spending, you know, the, the gilded SUVs and whatnot. It had to do with the EPA and, you know, Trump's order to reduce the fuel efficiency standards or sorry, the uh, the renewable fuel standard, because they grow a shitload of corn in Iowa that gets turned into ethanol, which is, you know, a... It's a sustainable fuel. It's a, oh, and I, they get you know. fat subsidies to do it. Absolutely. Another one of those examples where Republicans will be completely okay with all of the, the corruption, terrible regulation or deregulation that's going on, awful proposed you know tax bills and stuff, until it actually starts to hit people in the pocketbook, people who are going to have to vote for these congresspeople's re-election. You you liked that story about Pruitt the best, but I think this is my favorite one. This is from uh, back in April, but uh, Scott Pruitt wanted to update the EPA's logo because, in his opinion, it looks like a marijuana leaf. Which uh, is like it looks like a plant or something. Like ugh, yeah. get that trash out of here! Like why can't it be some a pile of coal? I I'm not sure that Scott Pruitt's ever seen a marijuana leaf or even a stylized one because. If you look at it, it kind of looks like a, I don't know, a tulip or something. It it does not look like a weed leaf at all. It looks more like the the handicap logo or something. It it does not look <laughs> right. Yeah, it does not look that great. <laughs> His he's really focusing on the important stuff, you know. Yeah, the, like the logo may be just looking a little too abstractly like pot like he might have been a little bit high when he was looking at it to be to be honest or maybe jeff sessions was just freaking out you know basically <laughs> anything that looks like it might be related to weed he's right. he's having a problem with people are like why doesn't he just get rid of this guy like he's just nothing but bad headlines and yeah i mean on the one hand he is doing his job which is destroying the epa from the inside sure pretty well so you know you, you don't want to fire the guy because he's doing what you want him to do but apparently the long-term plan is that Trump hates Jeff Sessions so much, he wants to get him out as attorney general and put Scott Pruitt in because so many conservatives in the Senate have said, if Trump fires Jeff Sessions to obstruct the Russia probe, we will ask hard questions and make sure that the person that he replaces him with isn't going to just be a Trump stooge. Yeah. But there's a loophole if you already have a confirmed member of your cabinet and you just do a little musical chairs, oh. a little three cabinet Monty, if you will, right, right. and just shuffle them around, they don't have to go through the reconfirmation process. And so there's kind of an intra-cabinet fight about who can suck up to Trump the most and get that cush attorney general job. Wow, that's amazing. Speaking of sucking up to Trump the most, did you see that video of they were sitting down for like a, a trade meeting or something? I'm not sure. Exactly. Uh, that was the hurricane preparedness meeting. Oh, yeah, that's right. I the, believe. Yeah, the, the FEMA people. You got Trump and Pence who are both sitting at, you know, Trump's at the head of the table and Pence is just on his right hand. And 
for like no clear reason, Trump suddenly picks up his water bottle and puts it down on the floor. And then without even looking at the president or anything being said, Pence also grabs his water bottle off the table and sets it down on the floor. It was beautiful. And everyone's like, like, what the fuck is happening with these two guys? He's he's perfect. He's perfect for Trump. <laughs> they love each other. You think he's just tired of getting bullied all the time? And so he's just he's kind of casting around in the dark. Like, maybe maybe this is the thing that will get father to like me. No, he knows that that is what it is. He, he already <laughs> knows. He knows you just always do what the Trump does. You always just love the Trump. Don't right. never, never startle the Trump. <laughs> always praise the Trump. You know, he's got it down, man. I mean, he is the perfect cult member. It's beautiful. This clip is incredible, though. We'll we'll link that on the Twitter. It's it's too good. And uh, my favorite part about when he was in that meeting, he was talking about how great he did at the hurricanes, which is like demonstrably false because thousands oh, yeah. of Puerto at, Ricans died. Yeah, some of like 40, 4,700 Puerto Ricans have died as a direct or indirect result of Hurricane Maria. That's a uh, Way more than the people who died in the September 11th attacks, and nobody gives a shit. But during this meeting, apropos of nothing, he's like, and the Coast Guard did such a great job. They rescued all the people from Houston because thousands and thousands of people from Houston, you know, thought it would be a good idea to, like, go out in their boats and hurricane watch, <laughs> and it didn't work out so great for them. Right. So thanks to the Coast Guard for rescuing all these people. And the Coast Guard was like, they were like, what? Is this true? And they're like, no, we have no idea what he's talking about. No, that absolutely, not only was that not true, but, you know, in Houston, the on the ground response was so slow and insufficient that you had people. I mean, there were clips of this that went viral all the time while that was going on of people showing up not from Houston who had a boat who felt like they might be able to help out and they're getting in their boats and going around these neighborhoods that are completely flooded and people are living on the second floor or on the roof in the rain, saving families, saving kids from, you know, a horrible drowning death as these, uh, these houses are falling apart into the water. Including videos of news reporters, like breaking people's car windows and stuff as people are like trapped in their cars while like floodwaters are coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Just like we were talking about last week where, Trump, he doesn't look at reality in the same way that normal people do, and conservatives don't look at the reality in that same way. Instead, they think, well, what would I do? And he's like, I bet they were out there in their yachts being like, I bet this is going to be cool to watch. Like, that's that's what I'd be doing. So, like, that's probably what they were doing, too. I think there's a simpler explanation, which is that Trump watched uh, Independence Day Part 2 <laughs> and got it confused for Hurricane Maria. That, that scene where the the spaceships coming in and Jeff Goldblum's dad is on his boat and like surfs his boat into port. Basically he fast forwarded through the, through the other parts. He forgot. He got a big stuff. I've made fun of how he watches movies before, but honestly with that film, that's what I would have done too. If it had the ability <laughs> that movie was hot garbage. Oh yeah. It's going to be awesome when there's another hurricane because we're so prepared, according to this meeting. So right, smooth sailing. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Puerto Rico is super excited about FEMA's response. Well, have they tried not being Mexican? I don't <laughs> think so. An update on the volcanoes. I'm pretty sure the president hasn't said anything about that yet. I don't. What is his? What? Why does he hate volcanoes so much? Again, this is the perfect news story for him 
to just be talking about all the time because it's really flashy and th- it actually isn't his fault. You right, know? Yeah. It's something that's like really flashy and he could be like, look at everyone's helping out or whatever. And you can't be like, well, it's Trump's fault for not being ready for volcanoes. Yeah, sure. He's got a free pass I mean, seriously, and he's just letting it go. I, I think those theories that we've had on previous shows, either that he thinks that Hawaii is like Puerto Rico and isn't actually a state or he knows that's where Obama is from and he's like, well, they've got it coming. We only can hope that a hurricane hits a red state so that he'll actually give a shit about that it. That didn't fucking work in Texas. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Well, they're going a little purple, you know. He's, he's got to keep them on their toes, all right? Don't let them get complacent. They got a couple Democrats running down there now, yep. you know. I, they, maybe they need to be taught a lesson. It's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what happens in these upcoming elections if Texas does turn a little bit more purple as it's slated to do. You know, if the Democrats can capture some more of these statehouse seats, if we could get Greg Abbott out of office, that would be a a huge step in the right direction. A major misstep. Got to get Sheriff Lupe up in there. Sheriff Lupe Valdez. Yeah, absolutely. Also probably bad in terms of what Trump thinks of Texas. Although he's he's been here recently. I think he was down in Houston not too long ago for some some campaign thing. White people down here definitely love Trump. Is it good or bad if Trump doesn't like your state because like ostensibly he loves Nebraska, but has he ever been here? Like they voted for him in some of the highest numbers of any state. Yeah. Has he never I don't done think a... it's been paying off. He's not he's not doing anything for us. He's putting tariffs on it that's going to hurt the state's economy. Right. He's not listening to the senators voting for Trump. You'd think like, well, if you support Trump, Trump's going to support you. No, he doesn't. Right. He doesn't do that at yeah, all. Absolutely. So right. there's no there's no benefit to it. Right. Well, and, and on that topic, Mick Mulvaney, who's in charge of Ugh. the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau uh, that was established in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis and ensuing recession, meant to be. Uh, like a third-party watchdog group on things like predatory lending. And everyone knew, I mean, this guy, Mick Mulvaney, has been opposed to the establishment of this office since it started, much less any of its actual activities. Sure enough, just in the past couple of days, he has said that he is disbanding the Consumer Protection Board fired all of the members of that yeah we just, we don't need that anymore right i mean the the economy is recovered so let's let's go back to when people were getting by on payday loans and you know insane interest rates on mortgages that they can't afford uh, what could go wrong there are so many opportunities for them to just take this and spin it to be a win for them like oh hey everyone hates facebook now because they suck so much Let's get the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau on this or whatever. Absolutely. They are not doing their job. Wells Fargo is ripping people off. There are so many things that they can do. Wells Fargo is issuing corporate apologies again for shady like sales tactics, opening up. They, They just settled another one of these fucking class action lawsuits because they've been opening up accounts in people's names who never agreed to have an account opened. Uh, just so they could make sales numbers, and and that has serious impacts on like people's credit scores. It becomes right. harder to buy a house or a car or what's that credit rating agency? It's like Experian or whatever that had like the biggest data leak right. of all time, where it's like hundreds of millions of people's financial history was like leaked, and they were like, "Oops, oh well." They could easily be like, "Hey, we're taking this and we're we're fighting for you. We're finally making it do what it's supposed to do." 
it would be so easy for them to do that and to claim it as a win and have some of the populism that they claim to have. But instead, they'd rather just be like, nope, let's just get rid of this. You know, all these shady companies can like just run roughshod over you. Like, who is that? I guess to the donor class likes that because then they can run scams more yeah, easily. Yeah, I mean, the, the donors love it. Wall Street loves it. Um, anybody who is really involved in finance loves these things just the way oil and coal companies love rolling back all of these regulations about making sure that like waterways are protected and that we're setting not even strong protections in place for climate change. We've, we've mentioned it on the show before. That's not the kind of populism that this administration actually cares about. Their populism is definitely about the, uh, the euphemistic economic anxiety, which actually just means we're going to blame this all on brown people. You did it again. It must be time for the high note. It must be. All right, cool. We'll take a break. <laughs> let's, let's, see if we can, let's see if we can find a, a diamond in this turd. <laughs> So Brendan's got the the more substantive high note, but I didn't want to mention this before we go into that because it's it's pretty quick and I like it a lot. So um, with this uh, Supreme Court ruling in favor of the anti-gay baker recently, which actually isn't the end of the world, guys. It's a super narrow ruling and it has to do with it. It sounds like the review board actually did a really bad job at what they were doing anyway. There's been a, a, a rash, maybe a, a small breakout of conservative businesses putting up signs that say no gays allowed, um, which is terrible, obviously. But I saw this tweet today and I really loved it. This is from Taryn Arnold, T-A-R-Y-N. She's at the Taryn Arnold. Um, she says, see a no gays allowed sign? Here's how to fix it. And uh, definitely taking a page out of, I think it's the Lionel Hutz playbook. You just add a couple of quick lines to the N <laughs> and it becomes, Ayo, gaze aloud. Hey. <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be like a no question mark, gaze aloud. <laughs> I like, uh, yeah, just, just add a. Add a line in the first, like, up, down of the N, and another line on the other up, and then a comma, right. and it becomes, Ayo, gaze aloud. So, um, liquid flannel, uh, if you see one of these signs and you want to deface one in right. such a way, we will find a gift for you if you're the first person to hit us up on Twitter for that. Uh, you know, like, I'm going to go into every place like every mcdonald's that i hit up and i'm gonna be like have you guys served any gays today yeah because i don't want to eat at any place that a gay might have eaten at or whatever did a gay use this drive through like i just want to be sure that i'm only eating good christian mcnuggets today yeah right see what i want to see happen is i, I want somebody to ironically ban gays and then win the chuds come in to you know patronize their business say like okay we'll prove you're straight you know, have have sex with your wife right now. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> you got to like bring a sex tape of yourself <laughs> to, you know, every pizza restaurant, like just in case they might right. be like, uh, you know, I'm getting some weird vibes off you, bro. <laughs> like you better you better prove it right now. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, that Supreme Court ruling, man, like it, it seemed like at first everyone was like, oh, I guess discrimination's legal now. But then when you actually read it, they, they didn't even really rule on that. They just said like, oh, 
actually the ruling stands because of blah 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 they didn't do a good job of in fact they explicitly said that they weren't ruling on the uh like the constitutional merits of the case it had well i mean except to the extent that this actually had to do with uh the due process clause about how you can't you shouldn't need to go into a government hearing and have everybody on the panel use it as their opportunity to grandstand about how awful you are before they rule against you. Uh, right. It was just I, if if they had just reined it in a little bit, I don't think this uh, this bigoted baker would have had any kind of a case to bring. Well, and I was kind of surprised reading about it, too, that they, you know, that they did actually try to offer some like reasonable accommodations or whatever, like, hey, like we don't want to like design a custom cake for your wedding, but if you want one of these like off the shelf cakes or whatever, you know, go for it or, or, or something like that, where it's like, okay, like there is definitely, you know, an argument where you can't say like, hey, if the Westboro Baptist Church comes in or whatever and was like, I want my, you know, God hates gays cake, you know, right. can you do it for me? And there's like, you have to because I said religion or whatever. So it is kind of a, a more nuanced, uh, you know, argument than that. But I think it just goes to show that these places that are putting up like no gays allowed signs, like I don't think that they're going to be like, you know, dominating the <laughs> the market or whatever. Like there's not a huge hungry market for racist bakeries or whatever out there. Like discriminatory bakeries are not going to be successful. Well, I mean, it, it probably depends on, on where you are in the country. But yeah, I mean, it would be, it's going to be really interesting to see how the – Supreme Court ends up reconciling um, the uh, Obergefell ruling with the the ruling about the racist barbecue place. And, you know, where, where they literally said that, you know, you can't be you can't be discriminatory in who you serve because that has a major impact on commerce. You know, like uh, like interstate commerce is going to be uh, affected by this. And I don't see why. Uh, serving the LGBT community or not shouldn't fall under that same uh, that same jurisprudence. But then we have a different court now, so I mean, we'll we'll see what happens when when the Supreme Court does finally get around to when they find a case with the facts where they have to confront the basically the equal protection versus uh, freedom of religion clauses in the Constitution and and figure out which one actually which one actually wins out. Right. Well, and it would be, it would be so easy if they would actually like, you know, take the tenets of their religion seriously and like use compassion and empathy or whatever. Right. Before being like, what? Because here's the funniest thing about these bakeries who are like, I'm not going to bake a cake for a gay or whatever. It's like, well, you'll bake one for like somebody who has seven DUIs or whatever. Like, what are you checking the (laughs) criminal history of everybody who, comes into your bakery or whatever like yeah, why they've, why they've only got the, gays you know yeah they've got the the sex predator wa- like local watch list pulled up or like printed out on the on the wall do not serve this person right. yeah yeah no, i mean i, I, I think, think so. christ himself said like let he who is without sin you know bake the first cake or whatever yeah. i think that's no, I how think, it goes i think that's a direct <laughs> quote in fact <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they should totally just open up a bakery and be like no sinners allowed and also, you know, everyone's a sinner. 
<laughs> so it's it's actually just an art piece. You know? <laughs> well, that's my uh, yeah, that's my my little brief high note there. Um, but Brendan, you uh, you had a better one that that kind of ties into some of the stuff we've been talking about tonight about um, regulation and the way the the different. Uh, the, the way the different agencies are are working with or not necessarily working with the the Trump administration. Well, I've actually got two kind of uh, related ones, and they're both about NASA. But I, I may have uh, I may have shot myself in the foot here because you know I think these are two stories that again they seem really cool when you first read them, and then you read a little bit farther, and you're like, oh, actually, well, hold up. Right <laughs> okay. Now. So this first one is. The head of NASA is one of Scott Pruitt's friends from Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, this guy named Jim Bridenstine. Yep. Which is a great name. Yeah. Bre- great Bre- name. Jim, Jim Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein here. Uh, and he was like a big Scott Pruitt guy. And he's like, global warming doesn't exist. Uh, you know, it does. It's a, it's a hoax by the Chinese, you know, just like Trump says. Right. Well, and, and, then, and uh, just a little more background here. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of a like a space news geek. A little bit and i was following this guy's uh, appointment hearings and everything and other than denying climate science which is actually a major part of what nasa does he's actually really well qualified for his job this isn't like putting betsy devos in charge of the the department of education or something like he is actually a scientist who ha- or you know has has scientific training he's a good administrator by all accounts just this climate thing is is a real uh a real bugaboo for him so yeah so now he got appointed to be the head of nasa and after he's been there for uh, a couple months now he comes out and says oh actually climate change like is real and it is human caused and they're like wow what made you change your mind and he was like well i looked at the science (laughs) and that it was incontrovertible Uh, i listened to all the people who work for me at nasa and uh, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration or whatever. And they said that, you know, it is extremely likely that human activity is the dominant cause of global warming. Um, So, you know, I guess there is hope that maybe... I mean, not for him. He'll he'll be fired (laughs) immediately for these comments. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, You know, I I guess we'll see. As long as he, you know, tweets that... You know, Trump's hair is looking great or whatever. He'll probably hang on for a little while. We'll see. Sure. Uh, but then also there was a story today where they found life on Mars again. Oh, really? Well, you know, maybe, kind of. Okay. A little bit. They found like ev- more like evidence of like organic compounds and um, methane, which could indicate bacterial life. Yeah. Uh, or at least you know, prior bacterial life, you know, that existed at one time, you know, or maybe, maybe not, you know, it's hard to tell because Mars uh, Mars is really far away. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking at this now. It looks like they had a, they found a variety of organic molecules. Okay. So organic molecules are, are kind of the building blocks of what, what life as we know it are built out of. So it'd be, um, like aromatic rings and shit like that. I imagine, um, and they methane, also did find methane can be produced by by geology, but you know it's way more uh, it's way easier for that to just be a, a byproduct of 
uh, like a carbon-based life form ingesting energy and then farting. Yeah, it, it could be. And they found like seasonal differences as well and saying like, oh, hey, when it's like the summer months or whatever, there's more methane being produced. Yeah, so that could be indicative of, you know, a kind of a, a growth cycle. Or again, it could be some sort of like geologic, you know, processes that are that are also producing right. methane. But um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. And then also there's a, there's this new like European satellite or a rover mars rover that they're launching that is going to be able to have like a way sicker drill to drill down even deeper and oh yeah and find those uh those those beautiful beautiful fossilized yeah. bacteria J- drill my red planet baby i love it <laughs> so that's pretty cool yeah um, cool I- i'm still hoping for that europa probe let's get that going man like we got a 2061 this or whatever. Like, come on. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that the one that the aliens told us that we absolutely could not land on? Yeah, that's why we got to go there, man. <laughs> There's good stuff there. There's going to be like space ice sharks or whatever, you know. Yeah. Or like but, bacteria in like a hydrothermal vent uh, or whatever. Space, but that would still be pretty cool. Space squids, I think. Their utility could be comparable to that of horses and mules in the winning of the West. Okay. I can see myself out there, sitting alone by the fire. A space squid, my only companion. I love it. Yeah, that'd be sick. That would be be so awesome. Well, Brendan, thank you for those high notes. I think it's amazing that both of those are relatively good news for, you know, what we end up going out on a high note with these days. And also, literally have to do with things that are up. And like high from us. That's pretty oh, cool. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I did that on purpose. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that you did. Nailed it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think that's uh, I think it's about the highest note we've taken an episode out on lately. Um, if you uh, if you have any interesting space news or want to yell at us for being such a bummer until we get to the high note, uh, <laughs> you can always uh, find us on Twitter at liquid underscore flannel. Come on over to the uh, SoundCloud and follow us there. Rate us on iTunes. Does anybody actually use iTunes for podcasting? It's every oh, I think a lot of people do because really? it's just built in. Every I podcast don't. says this thing at the end of it, and it's always bugged me because it's like iTunes has been hot garbage since it was introduced. It's bloated. It's impossible to use. It wants to take over your computer, whatever. Anyway, do that. Well, if, it's on your. It's on your. You don't have an Apple phone, so you don't right. know. You don't know what it's like, man. But you know, <laughs> when you have that Apple phone, it just comes the podcasting app, you know, or whatever. Apple Podcasts is just built right in. It's so easier. a lot of people just okay. use it just because it's already right there. All right. It's like some antitrust stuff. The government needs to break them up. Come on. Yeah. Um, I, on the other hand, it is kind of nice to have all of our our listeners in like two distinct places. Uh, and I'm certainly not trying to trying to alienate anybody. You know, I got I got over my anti Apple days back when I was in junior high, and for some reason that was important to me. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you can follow us personally, Brendan Williams. Where where can folks find you? They can find me at Brendan Williams with one L on the Twitters. And I am also on the Twitter at Matt the Great with a W. Uh, thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week uh, to infinity and beyond. <laughs> Is that your new? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It, you know. <laughs>